Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. No! Oh, my God. How could he do that? Are you on Donate What? Charles Darwin. The nerves is where it's at. Welcome, everybody, back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Carson Brabber, and alongside me is Logan Camden, and today we are coming back to you all after a week off. Hope everybody who celebrates had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know that we did here at Nerd Sesh, and hopefully you got the break from us that you needed, because guess what? Now we are back, and we are coming back to you all with a special episode of Trivia Time. We've taken a week off from obviously NBA talk as well. We'll get back to that on Wednesday, but we figured might as well come back with a bang and do a really fun classic Nerd Sesh episode here. So that's what we're going to do. This will be our 25th edition. For those of you who are not familiar with the format, it's very simple. I will ask Logan 15 questions about NFL history, NFL trivia. He will do the same for me with the NBA. And then at the end, we will both ask each other a bonus question. So... With that, Logan, I will hand the mic over to you. What's your first question for me today? It's very simple, Carson. Going by five-man lineups, who has the most uh, total net points? Which five-man lineup in the NBA this year? Most total net points, okay. I think it's probably a Warriors lineup or a Suns lineup, one of the two. Am I correct with that hunch? No, it is. They're actually neither of them are in the top five. No kidding. Well, that's interesting. Okay. And you also have to think about in a question like this, uh, total time spent on the floor as well, too, with injuries, stuff like that. Maybe that doesn't apply to the Warriors, but the Suns a little bit with Aiden. Right. That's a good point. So uh, let's think then. What teams have been pretty good, healthy, and have a consistent. Group of five. Or maybe this is a wild question, and the answer is the Knicks bench. I can't read you there. I mean, I would name everybody in that unit, so I guess I could give that a shot. That's a lot of minutes, though. Is that is that a guess? Well, I guess I'll just throw it out there, see if you like it. And I, I sold on you. I, I want to uh, reiterate. Sorry, I said the Warriors were not top five. They're actually number four. So that's I just I was wrong on that one. They're plus fifty three. 
The New York Knicks bench is in the five spot right behind that Warriors squad. Dude, it is, it's stupid. It's Taj Gibson, Obi Toppin, Alec Burks, Emmanuel Quickly, and Derrick Rose are plus 50 on the year. The Warriors, one spot ahead of them, are plus 53. It just doesn't make any sense. Everybody else here has, obviously, the majority of their starters, and it's an entire bench unit. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, they really have excelled this year. Okay, so... Other candidates, man. I mean, again, it has to be a very strong team, I would think, or maybe not. Maybe that's why it's a tough question. Yeah, the top two are going to surprise you. That's why I asked it. Man, that makes it tough. So, uh, I mean, I'm just scrolling through in my head here. I wonder... No, that would be wild. I was thinking about, like, a Clippers starting five. But that seems like a lot to ask. Out east? Okay, Logan's nodding his head. Well, let's think about who it's not going to be. Bucks, Hawks, really bad teams. Hornets starting five? I wouldn't think so. Heat? I mean, I think that they would make a pretty strong case, but would I be surprised by that? Not necessarily. I mean, who else are we talking about then as far as really good teams? The Nets? Maybe, but I don't think you would say that that would surprise me. Have I named the team at least? Yo. This is surprising. I mean, is it a Pacers unit? It's weird for sure. I'll give some context to some of your other answers uh, while you ponder a little bit. Uh, the Bucks actually have two lineups in the top 10. Crazy. Uh, not the number one spot, but they hold down uh, the number five and I believe the number seven spots. Uh, and dude, one of these lineups, the lineup that is better by net points for Milwaukee, Drew Holiday, George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, and Giannis. No bigs other than Giannis on the floor. Pretty crazy. But no, you have yet to name this squad, Carson. It, it, it is pretty mind-blowing. Okay, this is pretty wild. So, oh, is it a Wizards unit? I feel like that's a reasonable thing to guess. It's a perfectly good guess. They're actually not in the top half at all. This is wild. This is really quite wild. I mean, is it a Bulls unit? Wow. Is this team above 500? They're close. They're around the ballpark. Let me confirm. Yo, this is wild. I mean, it's not going to be a Cavs unit, I don't think. They're just above 500. Just above 500, okay. I mean, there's only so many teams left in the East. Who have I not named? The Celtics? I'm really dancing around this, huh? The Raptors, they're not just above 500 anymore, are they? Is it the Raptors? It's not. Keep going, bro. <laughs> Dude, this is insane. We're at like, how many teams have I not named? I mean, I haven't named the Pistons or the Magic. I'll knock those out. <laughs> I don't think it's either of those bad boys. Dude, this is an unbelievably rough beginning. I can't even get to the team. Like, let's just run down the divisions. Who have I not named? Is it an Atlantic team? 
I've said Knicks, Celtics, Raptors, Nets, Sixers. Is it a central team? I've said Bulls, Bucks, Pacers. It's not the Pistons. Who's the last team in that division? Okay, it's the last team in that division. No, it's not. It's the other division. Southeast. I have said Wizards. I have said Heat. I have said Magic. I have said Hornets. So who's the last team in that division? Man, the hot lights really get you on trivia time. And this is early on. This is not good that I'm struggling with a question like this early. At this point, I'm just fully choking. Who's the last team in that division? The Hawks. It's a Hawks unit? Trey Young. Okay. Man, nobody else has been all that impressive. Bogey, Capella. Who else has played consistently enough? I think there's another easy one. There's another easy one in the lineup. Hunter? No. Gallo? Bruh! Who am I missing that's super obvious? Oh, this guy wants me to say Solomon Hill. John Collins has been super efficient this season. Yeah, okay, I should have gotten John Collins for (laughs) sure. Who else has played significant minutes? I really just want this question to be over. It's a shooter. It's a shooter. I don't even care. Just tell me who it is. I'm done with this question. Whew. I mean, I'm glad we get that one out of the way early here. Um, dude, it's astounding the teams that are at the top here. The Hawks have the top spot. Number two is the Minnesota Timberwolves lineup of Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell, Ant, Vanderbilt, and Towns. Now, you were on the right track with some of your initial guesses. Um, teams that if you put like a minimum amount of games played or games started, um, the I believe the Warriors have the best one. They've played all 18, ga- or 18 games together thus far. Uh, then the Utah Jazz, then the Orlando Magic, then the Miami Heat. Um, then you get teams like the Clippers, Suns. So if I put a minimum games on it, it would be there. But these uh, lineups have played and started 10 games together, and they're at the top. Just weird because the Hawks came out the gates. They struggled a lot. They were poor defensively, even in their starting lineup. But, yeah, the Hawks and the Timberwolves have the uh, two best five-man lineups this season. So Herter was the last guy? I really thought about guessing the Timberwolves, actually, funnily enough, which would have been pretty off the board. But, wow, that is genuinely very surprising to me. I mean, that's a pretty significant turnaround. But, yeah, you know, that's a very solid starting five right there. And they haven't gotten quite the production you probably would have wanted from the bench. Okay. Well, that's an interesting way to start this one off. I can't say I'm happy. In fact, I could even say that I'm disgusted and outraged with myself, but we move on. All right, Logan. Odell Beckham Jr. has the all-time record for receptions per game by a rookie wide receiver with 7.58. Who is second? Excellent question. Um... So let's, I mean, let's think about, uh, this is tricky because there's three guys that are at the forefront of my mind. Uh, and that's Randy Moss, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. And I really feel like you're asking this because Jamar is having a career year. I feel, my gut is telling me it's Jefferson or Jamar. 
I'm going to go Jamar. Not Jamar. Is it Justin? Nope. Is it is it any of the three I named? It is not. Damn. Uh, all right. Michael Thomas, bruh? Nope. He's up there. Michael Thomas is fourth. Okay. Receptions per game in a rookie season. Guys who came in immediately made an impact. Um, AJ Green? Nope. Come on. Who is who is super productive right out of the gates? Um, come on. I need some. I need some light bulbs to go off. Some things to connect here. Um, how recent is it? Is it a rookie in the past like ten years? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna guess. I mean, there's been a lot of talented for. Okay, you know what? Let's let's go. Mike Evans. He's been super consistent. Not Mike Evans. Um, that's a solid guess. Calvin Ridley. Nope. Julio. Nope. Damn, dude. Um. Man, I'm struggling. Just kind of throwing names. I've only got one guy in the top ten, and that's Michael Thomas. I believe that's correct. I at least, you know, I, I like consolation prizes sometimes, you know. That's not correct, actually. Justin Jefferson is also in the top ten. Okay, okay, I'll take that. A little participation trophy. All right, I'm going to give three more names out. If I don't get it, I think I'm going to throw in the towel here because uh, I'm kind of just throwing names. Let's try... I want to say Tyreek Hill for some reason, but he was not prolific. Who have been some guys? Uh, let's try uh, Keyshawn. Nope. Damn. Come on. I don't know. Mike Wallace? Nope. Man, I'm struggling, bro. I'm going to throw one more name out. If I don't get it, I just I just want to hear the answer. I don't know. Brandon Marshall? Nope. Lay it on me, bro. What if I told you it's a very recent rookie? Like this season, bro? That might be what I'm saying. And it's not Jamar Chase. It's not Jamar. You got to remember, Jamar averages like 18 yards a catch. Jalen Waddle? It's Jalen Waddle. He has 77 catches, which puts him... At 6.42 per game, there's a gap between Odell and him, but that is second in NFL history, and he's got a very good chance to potentially set the record for receptions for a rookie, which is crazy because people are not talking about him like that, but as far as the pure reception totals, the guy has been prolific. Man, I noticed Saquon on that list too. I should have named him off because I remember we did a graphic uh, for the nerds. I remember... A long time ago, like receptions in a single game held by Saquon and Roy Hallou Jr. Just a little nugget of information there. I mean, I, it's just kind of a product of the. It's kind of, I guess that's kind of what the Dolphins want, man. Just a guy who Tua can dump the rock off to, get in space, and go to work. That is as genuinely fascinating. Kamara and McCaffrey are also both pretty high up. So, how about that? Some running backs making themselves represented. I dig it, bro. It's a good question to start off. I have got a very simple one for you here, Carson. In 28 head-to-head matchups in their career, 
Who has won more, James Harden or Russell Westbrook? This is a great question. I would just like to publicly express my disgust over my performance on the first question and say that that will not be happening again. What do you think I was going to say? My disgust over Russell Westbrook? Yes, and I began to cheer because I always love a good Carson Brebber rant on Russell Westbrook. So let's just think about this rationally. Westbrook has a pretty significant upper hand from the 12-13 season through the 15-16 season when he has KD. From that point forward, though, Harden has generally been on the better teams. I'm going to say Rust, though. I think it's probably very narrow just because I think his advantage in those first few years would have been a little bit more significant. You have the year where he's in Washington, and I don't remember how many times he and Harden played head-to-head last year, but not as many as normal. I'm going to guess it's Russ, and it's probably 15-13 or something. The record is exactly right, but you get the player wrong. It's 15-13 in favor of James Harden. No, 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 toot, toot. It was, it was a valiant effort. Um, as you mentioned, a lot of more of the battles came between OKC and Houston. 11-10 um, and 10 in the regular season. They have one playoff series, and Harden wins that 4-3. and three. He won both regular season and playoffs. It's a good effort. Are we considering, are you like half out of two, or are we over two to start out? Like, what's the, what, what are we counting here? I'm over two. I don't get half. I guessed 19 teams before I got to the Hawks. I said the Hawks, and I disregarded them immediately because I thought, no, the start of this season was too rough. I'm not pleased with myself. All right, Logan, we just mentioned a guy who is near record-setting territory this very year. Kyler Murray is completing 72.7% of his passes this season. Obviously, haven't seen him the last few weeks because of injury, but that number, 727 would that be the NFL record? And if not, who holds the record? It's an excellent question. It is a phenomenal question. I want to say no. I want to say that the completion percentage is higher. And I want to say that the guy who holds it is... I got three guys in my mind, and that's Chad Pennington, Steve Young, and Drew Brees. And I know Pennington seems like a weird one, but that dude was just stupid accurate. Like, he didn't have a rocket arm, was an accurate thrower of the football, a lot of short stuff over the middle. I'm going to go no, uh, it is not the record, and I guess my first guess, if that is correct, is going to be Chad Pennington. You're correct, it is not the record, but Chad Pennington does not hold it. Okay, we'll try, I'll go Breeze. It is Breeze, and it is overwhelmingly Breeze on the top of this list. Over 74% in 2018 and 19, so Kyler would be third right now, but Breeze is also fourth with 72%. He's sixth with 71%. He's eighth with 70-plus percent. He has two more years above 70% completion. It's completely unrivaled historically in that respect, really towards the tail end of his career for the most part when they started putting less pressure on him to throw the ball downfield. But even 2009, 2011, he's up above 70%, which is just insane. And he's, again, one of the only guys that is consistently up there. Man, I'm giving Chad Pennington praise. He led the league in completion percentage twice, 
His highest ever in a single season was 68.9%. I mean, just to add to some context, like that 70 mark is hard to, to broach. Can I tell you something? I had that 68.9% number in my head for Chad Pennington. It was just, it was just in there. You just knew. I was pretty confident. Didn't share it, but it was in there. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Next time, why don't you blurt that out? Carson, I love asking you about, you just asked me a rookie question. I love my rookie questions here. I love when guys can score and do it efficiently as rookies especially. So I'm going to go back to the well. Carson, three rookies in NBA history have averaged 20 points per game on 60% true shooting percentage. Can you name all three? Well, I sure can try. Okay. This is a great question. We talked on the last episode about some of the dudes to score 20 a game. I think it was just on 50% shooting from the field as rookies. So we're going to have to have some of the same characters. I want to say Shaq, but the problem is Shaq's not shooting better than 60% from the line. So his field goal percentage, which is probably like 58 or something, is going to be pretty similar to his true shooting percentage because he is not significantly better from the line. So that brings me to guys like David Robinson, who got to the line a ton and would have actually converted those opportunities. Kareem could be a good guess. I'm going to throw out both of those two, the admirable and the the admirable, the admirable admiral and Kareem. Two good guesses. I'm going to get the exact uh, spot where they lie on the rookie leaderboard. Neither of them are uh, two of the three, though. Is Shaq one? Shaq is not one. Interesting. So my thought is to go to big men because historically they have been the more pro-ready, immediate impact, and efficient kind of guys. But I wonder if the three-point shot factors in at all here. Although it doesn't. I know that for a fact because I just made a video about Tyrese Maxey. I'm so sorry, dude. The David Robinson guess was impeccable. He's literally the first guy off. He uh, averaged, let me get the 20 point, or excuse me, 24.3 points per game on 59.7% true shooting. Literally missed it by .03. Like, that's a great guess. And then Shaq is eighth on this list for highest true shooting percentage, averaging 20 a night at 58.4. So two tremendous guesses out of the gate. All right. That should be the case. As I was saying, I don't think it's going to be any guards because Tyrese Maxey is currently having or at least when I made the video about him a week ago, the most efficient scoring season of uh, a 21-year-old guard scoring at least 18 a game. So uh, he's, or at least was at about 61% true shooting, so I don't think it's going to be a guard because they would have to be very close to that mark. So I'm going to keep thinking about big men. Tim Duncan, I think, is a solid guess He's going to be around 50 to 53% from the field, around 70% from the line with pretty high volume. That's a decent enough guess. And I mean, after that, I'm just going to run down like Akeem, Ewing. I feel like I have to know the candidates. So I'll honestly guess all three of those guys. Why not? None of those three. Tim Duncan is 10th on this list. Um, Hakeem is 13th. Kareem is 17th. The two, you should know one pretty recent the other two you have named, um, I know you've named this rookie in previous trivia times. He is a big man. We've got a big man, a forward, and another forward. Terry Cummings. <laughs> Carson, these guesses are immaculate, bro. 
Terry Cummings is right behind Akeem on this list. I mean, you're you're definitely beating around the bush. Yeah, this is the thing. I don't feel like this should be a very hard list to pull from, especially because we did have a similar question two weeks ago. Like, it's got to be a similar pool of guys. But okay. Other good candidates. Elvin Hayes? I do not see Elvin Hayes on the list. Um, So I'm going to give you some context. So two of these guys are pre-1980, and one of these guys is post-2010. All right, we got to be able to get the post-2010 guy because only so many rookies have scored 20 a game. Zion Williamson. Easy money, number one. Only 24 games played if you want a little bit of a caveat, but 61.6 true shooting percentage, the highest for any rookie to average 20 points a night. Pre-1980. I mean, there's only so many legitimate candidates. Like, I'm trying to think. Bill Walton, I don't think, would have averaged 20 a game as a rookie. Other great big men of the era. I mean... Don't think, don't think great big men, because you're going to confuse yourself. This guy was like a career role player. Just happened to ball out in his rookie season. Okay, that's interesting. I'm trying to think about people who I've guessed before. Mm-hmm. You have, you've gotten this guy before on a question like this. Man. The juices are not flowing today. Pre-1980. Great rookie year, career role player. That should give me a pretty good picture of who it is. But I am just not getting it. Pre-1980. I was going to say Bill Cartwright, but not pre-1980. Because he kind of fits that description. Great rookie year, not so much after. Now you're looking at me befuddled. Please guess that. I'd like to guess Bill Cartwright. God, man, dude, you do this, guys. Carson does this all the time. For you frequent Trivia Time viewers, I cannot tell you how many times Carson will go over. He'll guess Terry Cummings, and then he'll get to Bill Cartwright, and he'll go, (laughs) who cares, whatever, I'm not going to guess. Yeah, he popped in my head, but I'll just not guess him. Bill Cartwright is, I think, the toughest answer out of the three, and you just got him. The third guy's a legend. Like, you should get him all day. Joe Barry Carroll. (laughs) Take the mic, bro. Okay, so what was Bill Cartwright's rookie year? 79 to 80, but I just considered it. So I'm sorry to confuse you on that point because you know his rookie season, but I still thought that uh, counted. I would not have known his rookie season. I thought he came in in like 81 or something, so I would have been slightly off there. Still should have guessed it. Okay, a legend for the last one, and you said it's a forward. So uh, Rick Barry? It's a good guess. He's an all-time bucket, and Rick I think is like 30th on this list, uh, but he is not in the top three. Okay, a little bit earlier, Adrian Dantley? You are the man, bruh. That's a tough-ass question. Carson nails all three. I don't care how many guesses it takes. I mean, to get two guys pre-1980, rookie seasons, that was good, bruh. It took a lot of work. We are back on track. Smooth, bruh. Very smooth. All right. Yeah, we got there. I'm glad that we did. I'm glad I didn't gloss over Bill Cartwright. Boom. All right, at least we got something going there. I want to get... Things really moving here, but you can't be perfect on trivia time. All right, Logan, 
So we still have a winless team in the NFL this year. And of course, it's the Detroit Lions. The Lions were also famously winless in 2008. But just one season before them, another team started 0-13. Who was that team? One more time, I heard the front part of the question. The Dolphins? Did you just give me the answer, bruh? Ouch, we're going to need an emergency substitute question. Thanks, bruh. My official guess is the Miami Dolphins. That's correct. Okay, well, yes, in 2007, the Dolphins started 0-13 and went 1-15. That's tough, dude. My brain is not functioning at full capacity, it seems. Is it Nick Saban or the really fat guy? I don't know. I think Nick Saban went to Bama in 2006, right? So it's probably the rotund fella, I suppose. All right, Logan, you know what's great? I have another question about winless teams lined up right here for you, okay? And you're not going to get me to give you the answer to this one. Between the Lions winless season in 2008 and the Browns winless campaign, one other team started 0-13. You better have gotten that the first time because I'm not repeating it. Who was that team? Can you can you run that? You mind running that one back? The Dolphins went one in fifteen in two thousand seven. Do you actually need me to repeat the question? No, it was between the Browns and who? Between the Lions and Browns winless seasons. I should be able to get this. Um, oh, is it the Bengals? No. Damn, I could have sworn one year they opened like zero and eight or zero and nine or. We're talking 0-13 here. Yeah, that's a different level of stinking. Um, poverty franchises, let's think. Jags, Texans. Interesting. I think I have my two guesses. I'm going to go Tennessee. It is not Tennessee. It's Tampa Bay. It's not Tampa Bay. Rats. Um, okay. Is it uh, is it Indianapolis the year Peyton got hurt? You wise son of a gun, it is. The 2011 Colts started 0-13, one of the famously terrible teams of our lifetimes. They finished 2-14, and and you got it. Well done. I guess I'm going to have to come up with another question for you, which I will do on the fly, but well played. You got it. I'm sorry I asked you the second time. I feel bad. Also, was not some big fat guy. Was LSU, uh, future LSU offensive coordinator Cam Cameron was the coach of that Dolphins 1-15 squad. Um, shout out him, I guess. I've literally never heard of that guy. For good reason. Carson, this one's kind of a slog. A lot of guys to name off here, but I think you can do it. Outside of the Lakers, the Houston Rockets have had more 25-point-per-game individual scoring seasons than any other franchise. Can you name every player to drop 25 in a single season for the Rockets? I love this question, okay? I love it. Elvin Hayes. <laughs> yes, it is Elvin Hayes. All right, I'm just going to start listing them off. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Tracy McGrady, Yao Ming, I'm pretty sure one year. Okay, so that's five. How many am I trying to get in total? You've got one, two, three left. All right, I like that. Other candidates. Stevie the Franchise Francis, probably not. I don't think so. 
Calvin Murphy, yes, right? That is correct. Okay. Oh, Akeem. Correct. One more. And this guy actually scored 30 a night for the Rockets. What? I was going to maybe throw out a Rudy T guess because he was pretty good. He did not score 30 a game, though. Holy shnikes. Wow, 30 a game. I need to get this. I need to go perfect on this question. That would be a nice little morale boost. Nice and quick turnaround. Well, this guy wants me to say Rafer Alston. 30 a game for the Rockets. So, uh, which era could that have been in then? That is the question. Is it not? I don't think anybody has done that post-2000 getting under my nose. No. I don't think so. 90s? No. He would be very famous. Might be the 80s. No, but it'd have to be kind of early 80s, right? Pre-Akeem? Boy. This guy won, uh, this guy's pretty good. I don't want to give anything away because I feel like if I tell you something else, I might just give it away. But uh, solid basketball player. Very, very good basketball player. I know that helps you a lot. This guy's pretty good. He scored 30 a game. Okay, he won something. I mean, not an MVP. So, uh, nevertheless, a great basketball player. I mean, am I in the right era? Yes. Moses Malone. Bang, dude. F and A, dude. That was solid. He he had a. Uh, I think he won two MVPs with the Rockets, right? And three MVPs in total. Yeah. It took me way too long to get to Moses after I rolled through the other ones. I mean, once I say pre Akeem early '80s. I'm sitting here thinking about Calvin Murphy again, and it's like, hey, you know who's on that team? Moses Malone. All right, though. I'll take that. That's a good one to get under the belt. Fun fact about Moses Malone, Lynchburg, Virginia native, a certain individual in the YouTube chat, a.k.a. my father, yeah, hit a nasty layup on him at the Fort Pickett basketball courts one time. It was an epic moment. I wish they had, you know, cameras back then or something to record it on. That would have been amazing. But, yeah, Moses got big-bodied by my dad. Sadly, cameras had not been invented yet at that point. All right, Logan. I like this question. I think it's a fun one. Who has the record for the most career rushing attempts per game? Sean Alexander. No, I like the guess, though. Earl Campbell. Really good guess, but no. Herschel Walker. No. I got to think about a guys with a lot of tread on their tires. Guy just workhorse backs, man. And it's, it's rushing attempts, not touches, right? Yeah. So guys who kind of got ground into the dirt, man. Like I can't imagine. You know what? Let's, let's switch up errors. Let me try Jim Brown. It's not Jim Brown. So I just pulled up the full list. Sean Alexander is second. That's a great guess. I know, dude. I mean, it was just because his his drop-off was so precipitous because he was the entirety of that offense in Seattle for so long. And I mean, just literally just, what, two years after his MVP season, he's done? 
Got workhorse backs. Oh, um, is it Eric Dickerson? It's not. Eric Dickerson is uh, top five. I mean, these are some really good guesses that you've had. Other people who you've mentioned to our way up there. Jim Brown is in the top 15. Earl Campbell is in the top 20. These are some really good guesses. Okay. Um, uh, Tony Dorsett. Not Tony Dorsett. Come on. Soul, Soul Engines. What's up? I'm sorry. Sean Alexander is not second. StatMuse showed me Alexander. It's a fellow named Vincent Alexander who played one game because they don't set a minimum amount of attempts. My bad. I'll see how many Sean Alexander actually averaged. <laughs> the other guesses, though, were genuinely good ones. <laughs> Surprised me that Sean isn't up there then. Um, per game, let me ask you this. Is it a current guy? Is it a current guy? I need to remember the answer to the question. No. Okay, that makes sense. Come on. I don't... Uh, let me... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Ro- I was going to say Roger Craig. That's a stupid guess, bro. So, for the record, Sean Alexander, pretty high number, 17.8. But he's got a year early in his career where he wasn't the primary back. He's got a few games at the end of the career where he's not as heavy of a workload. But, I mean, his peak season's like 370 carries his MVP or 353 the year before that. So, it's a good guess. I think I got another one. Is it OJ? It's not OJ. This guy, though, is the pinnacle of the kind of player who you described, who you would think is going to be the guy for this, which is why I think it's such an interesting question because it really does make sense. I just need to tap into my brain, and I got two more guesses then. Okay, is it Priest Holmes? It's not Priest Holmes. Is it the other cat? Um, is it Larry Johnson? Both great guesses. Those guys carried the ball like nobody else, but no. Even more vintage example of the kind of player you talked about. Are you dropping hints? Vintage. We got to throw it way back. Is that what you're getting at here? Okay. Let me... I'll throw Jamal Lewis. I don't think it's right, but he had a lot of tread on his tires, too. No. Similar era. Okay, okay. Now we're now we're getting somewhere. So, 90s to 2000s. Let's go... Uh, Warwick Dunn? No. Michael Turner... Oh, is it's not Ladanian, is it? It's not. He's in the top 25. Same era. Jamal Lewis is also there, by the way. Is it Eddie George? Eddie George is a great guess. Great guess. He is top 10, but not the answer. Man. I hope somebody in the chat has got it. I'm going to look right after we finish this question. I hope somebody has gotten this before I... I was going to guess Rigo. It's, yeah, Rigo played in the 90s. Great guess. All right. I'm doing a mental um, run-through of some NFL teams here around this era trying to identify what running backs were on what team. I – come on. Like, this is this is my era of football, bro. That's why I love questions like this. 
So you can narrow it down to like early 2000s. I, sh- I think I should get it. Is it Almond Green? No. Another flame out. Almond didn't last long, but that's because he was getting so many touches in that offense. I might have to throw in the towel, and I really don't want to, but I am running out of steam here rapidly. Um, O.J. Anderson. No. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I just got O.J. on my mind. Don't we all? I love a mean glass of orange juice in the morning. All right, this is my final guess, bro. Um, Edron James. Edron James is in the top five of dudes who would actually qualify. So you got three through five. You got a ton of other guys. The answer is Terrell Davis. 78 career games, 21.2 carries per game. I mean, really is when you think about brilliant backs who just flamed out. That's a tough one. I do want to share that when I was in the airport flying home last week, they were calling out for a Ron Goldman over the PA. I didn't have the heart to tell them about the tragedy. Do you get what I'm saying? Ron Goldman was killed by OJ. It's pretty dark, but I'll hand the mic back to you. Thanks for, you know, bringing down the show and bringing this nice somber tone. R.I.P., man. Damn. I'm so mad at myself, bro. Allegedly killed by OJ, and he was found not guilty in a court of law. (laughs) Thank you. We were about to be brought down by the mass media. I'm so mad at myself, guys. I, I'm so mad at myself. TD! TD is a guy! TD is that guy! He played, what, five, six seasons? Yes. You live and you learn. You get depressed because you don't know that Terrell Davis flamed out quicker than any other running back. Man, that just that brings me down. Carson, this is one of my favorite questions. Who has a higher career field goal percentage? James Harden or Kobe Bryant? Oh, baby, baby. So, uh, pretty confident that it's Kobe. Pretty confident that Kobe is just above 45 and Harden is somewhere in the 44s, and I'm going to guess that. Dude, it really weirds me out how you, like, know the numbers, like, really specifically. Kobe isn't above 45, but they're both solidly in the 44s. You get it right? Harden is at 44.4% from the field in his career. Kobe, 44.7%. Very marginal. But, I mean, when you look at the difficulty of their shots like it makes sense that they'd be in the same realm and then Harden I was gonna ask three-point percentage Harden takes the cake it's not even close Kobe's at like 30.8 I think for his career but yeah another one I thought it might trip you up just because of the efficiency from deep well here's the thing if you're going by like true shooting percentage no doubt Harden is higher but he takes such a high volume of threes that his raw field goal percentage is always going to be lower But yeah, you know, I've looked at a lot of basketball reference pages in my life, and that's one of the numbers that is most prominent. So I'm actually surprised that I didn't remember Kobe's exactly, honestly. But okay, that's a good one. I'd like a quick two-option question to get momentum going. All right, Logan. Taysom Hill signed a four-year contract extension that could be worth anywhere between $40 million and $95 million. And I think it's $22.5 million guaranteed. Now, keep in mind, this man is a quarterback getting signed to that massive contract. How many career passing touchdowns does he have? (laughs) I don't know. uh, Five? 
Very close. Four? He has four career passing touchdowns. Four. I mean, they have chosen to start Trevor Simeon over him, and yet they are paying this man potentially a whole lot of money. Now, he does have 14 rushing touchdowns and seven receiving, and of course, he's not really a quarterback, but he's listed as a quarterback. I mean, the reason they do this is because the NFL salary cap is so weird that they can manipulate this into signing bonus and and do all kinds of finicky, nefarious things to, to sign elite elite players on better deals. Somebody's got it. Like, is Taysom Hill, does he have dirt on somebody's name, bro? Like, I don't know why they pencil him out as is the guy, you know? Because Sean Payton is madly in love with him. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. It's the only thing that makes sense to keep it a buck. I don't know, though, man. I wonder if he's holding, like, Sean Payton's, you know, like, kids hostage or something. You know what I mean? Think about it. Because it would make sense. For years? Like, think about it. Because if Sean Payton was in love with him, he'd be playing him. Like, it wouldn't even be a question. But now he's got beef with him. That's why he doesn't play. But, I mean, he does play him. Whenever he gets a chance, I mean, they get inside the five, and it's like, ooh, what if we bring in the quarterback who can run, too, and he could line up at tight end or receiver or also be our running back? I mean, they play him more than I think basically any other NFL team would. Oh, for sure. The one thing that I don't – it doesn't make sense to me. They've done this two years in a row, though, like these long – I know it's all for manipulation of the salary cap, but it it really makes me scratch my head sometimes – Oh, I can take the dunce cap off, though. This is hype. Carson, this one's very straightforward. It's a pretty difficult one, considering the answer. Who has the most career assists in Bucks franchise history? Okay. All right. Let us think about the candidates. Great Bucks of all time. Oscar Robertson did not play there nearly long enough. My first thought is Sidney Moncrief. Now, it's not like he's going to have crazy high assist numbers in each individual year. If he played there for a long time, he'll have solid assist numbers. You said it's pretty tricky given the answer, but like I'm not going to skip over my gut instinct, so I will still throw it out there. Sydney, was your guess? Number three, it's a good guess, and I mean, considering the longevity factor, pretty good. 2,689 for his career, but there are two guys ahead of him. Man, oh, that's really weird. <sighs> okay. So let's just think about dudes who played for the Bucks for a long time. Man, if it's a 90s buck, that might be a little bit tough because I'm trying to think about who the standout guard would have been. I mean, there were some good players, a little bit of Glenn Big Dog Robinson, a little bit of Vin Baker, but point guard? What? It's just blowing my mind. He's not listed as a point guard. You know, I didn't watch Bucks basketball in this era. Uh, he is not listed as a PG, though. But so do I have the right era? Yeah, like 80s to 90s. Okay, so, uh, I mean, other good Bucks. Is it Pressy? It is Paul Pressy. Three-time all-defense, I don't really think... I certainly don't think of him as, you know, this masterful assist man, but 7.8 assists per game uh, in the 86 season, 7 the next season, 7 and 88, and then 6.5 and, and 89. Pretty good dimer. I thought you were going to go Giannis before him. Giannis is second all-time in Bucks history, could surpass that very soon, needs 600 more assists. we got Brian Winters up here, Quinn Buckner, 
Sam Cassell. Like it is, it's an eclectic uh, mix here. But yeah, Paul Paul Pressy. I didn't expect you to get him, bro. But a uh, good pull. Well, we kind of narrowed it down there. I mean, we got to non-point guard '80s, '90s. But yeah, that's impressive. Good for him. I'm still surprised it's not Moncrief, honestly. And that's a good point. Giannis is definitely going to have that record by the end of next year, I would think. Something's got Logan cracking up over there. All right. Last night, Logan, Lamar Jackson threw for four interceptions, but was still able to come out with a win. Before him, 41 straight quarterbacks who threw four interceptions had lost. But the last person to do that and win actually beat the Ravens. Who was that quarterback? This might be my favorite question in... uh in trivia time history, and something that is deeply frustrating about this is I saw this stat on CBS Sports' Instagram page, right? And I scoured the comments. As a QB fiend, I had to know. I had to know who the last guy to win with four interceptions was. And CBS Sports did not include who it was, so I'm kind of out of my element here. Um... Yeah, man, they, they really screwed me on that one. I was so intrigued, dude. I was hype. Who knew it would save my life at this moment because if I don't get this question right, I'm done for. They're going to take me out back behind the barn and handle business. I will say, I was cracking up earlier because my dad said that uh, Taysom Hill has got some emails on Sean Payton. Yeah, that's why he keeps getting that bag. Okay, beat the Ravens. You want me to guess Big Ben, don't you? I'd like to see you try. <laughs> I'm going to guess Big Ben. Wrong. Okay. Uh, is it? Is it's like mid two thousands, right? I, that's where I would assume this is. Not quite. No, it's a little more recent than that. Oh, okay. I guess QBs throw four more picks more often than I realize. Can you give me a? I don't. I don't want to know like super detailed stuff about the guy. Can I just know like what caliber of QB is this? An all timer? Is it as a role guy? Is it a career backup? Like what kind of tier are we talking about here? Wonderfully average. Perfect. Beat the Ravens. So we're gonna start with like in division guys because I think that's what makes the most logical sense. Who would have thrown four picks against Baltimore? Joe Flacco led team. It's not Pittsburgh because I mean it would have taken us having Charlie Batch in or. Landry, I don't think it's a Steelers QB, so we'll go Browns, Bengals. Would have had to have been Andy Dalton or Carson Palmer. Browns, I'm trying to think it would have had to have been some bum. We'll go We'll go Andy Dalton. Yeah, it's Andy Dalton. Look at that. I thought I would throw the Ravenson in there to increase the probability, and you went straight to that hint, and you nailed it. Andy Dalton in 2013 threw four picks. Didn't just win. They still put up 34 points, and they doubled the Ravens. But been a long time, eight years since that happened. Well done, Logan. Way to get it done. I almost crapped my pants. I could not believe that was the right answer. I thought it was going to be some brown schmuck from the mid-2000s or, you know, like, I don't know, Cole McCoy or, like, Jake DeLome. I'm hyped, dude. That is, I'm juiced after that one. Yeah, screw you, CBS Sports. I do it myself. Great question. Phenomenal. Carson, this is one of my favorites that I'm asking today. Who has the record for the most threes attempted in their first five seasons? Well, this is a great question. 
first five seasons, I'll tell you who's going to have this record, probably Luka Doncic, but he will not have it yet. Okay, candidates. First two guys who come to mind, Buddy Heald and Damian Lillard. I think it's probably one of those two. I'm going to guess Buddy Heald. It's like, you guys remember those old, like, Jeopardy, like, where they had IBM Watson on there, and he's just big body and you know, Ken Jennings and the boys? It's like what it is, battling Carson at this. Dude, literally, no hints, no nothing. Yeah, it's probably Buddy Heald and Damian Lillard. I'll go Buddy. Top two guys. Yeah. Great job. I'm looking for where Luca is on this list. Um, where is Luca right now? Probably somewhere in Dallas preparing for a basketball game. I don't know where he is on this list. He may break this record for sure. Weird guys up here, though, man. Nick Van Exel is in the top 10. Brandon Jennings, Jason Williams, Robert Covington. If you get the two top two off rip, that, you just made that look a little too easy, bro. Well, hey, thanks, man. The thing with Luca is, right, it's been three and a half years. And also, now that I'm thinking about it, he may be a little bit adversely affected by the fact that two of those years are 72-game seasons, basically. But I still think he'll end up pretty high because that dude has been launching threes from the jump. Look, this is good. This episode has gone better than the opening question. All right, that was really one of my worst performances in Trivia Time history. I was so fed up that I didn't even want to think of Kevin Herter. Like, who else could I could have guessed? I was only going to guess Kevin Herter. There was nobody else. And I just looked at you and I said, I'm done. I've had enough. All right, Logan. We'll go with another quarterback question here. This is a wild one. Who has the record for the most passing yards in a game with a perfect 158.3 passer rating? Ben Roethlisberger. No, certainly not. I believe Ben actually does hold the record for uh, games with a perfect passer rating. I think him and Peyton both have, I want to say two or four. It's an even number. 144? (laughs) <laughs> it's him and I believe Peyton and Ben hold the record for most uh, perfect passer rating games. Most passing yards of the perfect passer rating. Is it a usual suspect? No, certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Joe Flacco. No, it's not a usual suspect. This is, oh man, I'm in grave danger. I'm just going to sit here and like you know make a make a noise like you were turning your gas stove on. I don't know, dude. This is Tom Brady? No. Let me was this his only like I'm sorry. Tom Brady's not a usual suspect. <laughs> oh, there's the irony in it. See, man, this guy gets it. Okay. Weirdos. We're just going to go like 10 QB weirdo rapid fire. Alex Smith. No. Uh Terrell Pryor. What the no. Uh, I'm just waiting for random QB to pop up. Let's go uh, Brian Hoyer. No. Can I tell you something helpful? He's still starting. Whack. Trevor Simeon. No, it's not that crazy. Okay, so he's, he's middle of the road. Let's go Josh Allen. The hell is that supposed to mean middle of the road, Josh Allen? No, it's not Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Garrison's visibly frustrated with that one. Let's go. Let's go, Joe Burrow. No, not yet. I would have remembered that. Come on, think. 
critically, football, Daniel Jones. No. All right, I got like two or three more guesses in me, and then I'm tossing in Lamar Jackson. No. Ryan Tannehill. No. Okay. Last two. Let's let's make them good. We're gonna go. Jimmy G. No. Derek Carr. No. It's Garrett Joff. Yes, I said it that way what? on purpose. Yeah. Jared Goff, or Garrett Joff, threw for 465 yards in September of 2018 with a perfect passer rating. How about that? And he has not won a game for the Detroit Lions. This trivia question has ruined my day, bro. I didn't want to know that. Jared Goff? That's disgusting. I um, Gross. Carson, I got a really simple one here for you, bro. Can you name all the franchises that Derek Fisher played for? With glee. Obviously, the Lakers and the Thunder. And, uh, oh boy, see, now I'm getting mixed up in my head because obviously he coached the Knicks. <laughs> and I'm thinking about if he played for the Knicks. I'm pretty sure he did, right? Did he? Who played for the Knicks? This guy asked me a question about Derek Fisher and then goes, Who? Sorry, bro. My dad just asked me a bonus trivia question in the chat. Dude, tell him to send it to me. I need him to make up one on the fly. Okay, did Derek Fisher play for the Knicks? No? No, he didn't. But he looks like a Nick, doesn't he? Kind of looks like Mike Woodson a little bit. Well, he coached the Knicks. That's why I thought it. I don't remember that. He did. I mean, there's not that many more teams, right? How many more are there? You've gotten the, who, you've got the Lakers and the Thunder. Yeah, there's two more. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Very, very short stints with both of these teams. Yeah, I should still get it because obviously he left the Lakers and then came back to the Lakers and then ended on the Thunder. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. My dad asked this question, bonus question, and then he goes, oh, sorry. I was hoping you guys would know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Okay, focus up, Carson. Derek Fisher, where was he after L.A.? I should know this, man. I really should. Nothing feels right, though. The Rockets? Two Western Conference teams. I was going to say, I'm only thinking of Western Conference teams. That's what feels right to me. The Grizzlies? Let's go division by division. Not a team in the Pacific, I'm pretty confident. Southwest, not the Pelicans, I don't think. That doesn't feel right. Oh, well, they were the Hornets. That actually could be right. Who else could it be? I'm going to guess the Hornets, weirdly. Not the Hornets. All right, Rockets? Getting a little warmer. The Mavs? Played nine games with the Mavs in 2013. Funnily enough, I believe the Thunder either traded him or cut him. He goes to the Mavs. Thunder bring him right back for two more seasons. I very vaguely remember that. Okay, so now we're going to the one that was actually between his two Lakers stints, which I should 100% know. 100%. The Blazers? Not the Blazers. 
Dude, this sucks. Is it the Timberwolves? Not the T-Wolves. All right, we're done. I've guessed every team in the Western Conference. No, you haven't. No, just tell me. I don't. Uh, it's not worth it at this point. You should 100% get this one. Uh, just tell me. You should 100% get this one. Is it one. the Warriors? It's the Dubs. What years? Um, I believe 04 to 06. Yeah, 04 to 06. That's a really bad miss. I should have remembered that. I really should have remembered that. I'm upset. Trust me, I got a question next. It's really going to cheer you up. Okay, well, I like to hear that. I mean, just hearing that cheered me up. All right, Logan. This one's a little bit tough. But you know what? We'll go for it. Can you name the team that was the last undefeated regular season team and the eventual Super Bowl champion most recently? I'm sorry, two separate teams? Or what are you getting at? So I'm saying in the same season... This team was the last group to be undefeated in the regular season, and then they also won the Super Bowl. Got you. I was like, well, Carson, there's only a few undefeated teams in NFL history. Um, long undefeated streaks that I can remember. The most infamous one, I always bring it up, is the Packers team that like started out like 14 or 13-0. and 0. They go on a bye week, and they get upset by the Chiefs. They didn't win the Super Bowl. They got knocked out in the first round, or the uh, – the divisional round by the New York Giants. So let's go. I know I was going to guess Denver, but that Denver team kind of sucked because Peyton was old and those Panthers were undefeated for a while. So it's not them. The Ravens are interesting. I don't think they were undefeated that year, though. Come on. Screw it. We're just going to go broad. Is it one of the Pats teams? No. Interesting. Um, Philly kind of had up and down year when they had Wentz at MVP level. Come on, we've got to think back further than that. Let's go Indianapolis in 07. Well, 06, but yeah, right there very quickly, Logan. Well done. They started the year 9-0, and and they won it all. And obviously some teams have started undefeated and been undefeated for a while since then. We had the 14-0 Panthers. We had the Packers team that you mentioned. We had, obviously, the Pats after this. But a long time. I mean, that's kind of weird. 15 years without the team that is, at the very least, to begin the season, the strongest, winning the Super Bowl. That's a long time. Yeah, Cardinals have it this year, right? Last undefeated team. Correct. Cardinals had it. So we'll see if they can they can uh, switch that up. But yeah, man, I just thought Colts always get out the hot starts, always sit their players at the end of the season because they get out to those hot starts. Tony Dungy, infamous for doing that. Tremendous question, though. I got one right up your alley. I mean, right up at Carson. Alex English scored 20 points per game every season from 81 to 89. Can you name every Denver Nugget to average 20 points per game alongside him? Lafonso Ellis. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, he's that's too late. <laughs> David Thompson. Correct. Okay. How many are there? Uh, three more. Dan Issel. Correct. Michael Adams. Good guess. It is not Mike. Orlando Woolridge. Another good guess. Not Orlando. Okay. All right. I just want to go on record. I've heard you mention both of these guys before. I've also heard... I've heard you mention another one of these nuggets a myriad of times. Kiki Vandway. That is the myriad of times. So there's one more to go. 
He's the only guy out of the group outside of David Thompson to only do it once. Fat Lever. Oh, it's a great guess, dude. Fat was at like 19 points per game twice with him. Ugh. Okay, who else? Oh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, Chris Jackson. Good guess, not Chris. Rats. Okay, why did you look at me when I said that? Try to give hints like that. I, I can't. I don't really know how to give a hint off rats, but I'll let you figure it out. That's only going to make this harder. There's no way I'm going to get that. I, I can't even give you a hint. It's going to give it away, I think. Okay. I just stop it. Just do your thing over there. Man, one more guy. That's a lot of 20-point-per-game scores alongside him for a decade. I also just want to say, dude, too, 25 points per game into his 35-year-old season. Stupid. Like, just, I know he's one of your favorites all the time. I mean, just criminally underrated. I know we were asked about his placement on, like, the, uh, you know, all, you know, 75-year team. Impeccable bucket. I mean, I think if we maybe had to redo our, like, best scores of all time, maybe, like, with just in context of, you know, era, Dantley's definitely up there. I mean, just stupid efficiency and stupid scoring numbers. You said Dantley, but... I mean, English. What am I talking about? Alex English and Dantley. I kind of, they kind of almost intertw- intertwine, bro. 100% they're intertwined. I mean, they're both ridiculously consistent, efficient scores in the 80s who never had the same elite level team success and are not obviously remembered in the same vein as dudes who they were putting up similar scoring numbers to. Okay, one more guy. I should have taken that advantage of you going on the little spiel there to think of people. Man, I feel like I've run down a lot of the great 80s nuggets, and lo, there are many. Think, Carson. One more guy. I feel like I've run down all the usual suspects, but it sounds like there's one more who I need to think of. The year that he did this with English, he was an all-star. I don't know if that's going to help you. Yeah, that means he's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Come on, Carson. Think. Uh, Why did I just think of Reggie Theus? It's not Reggie Theus, I'll be honest. Ah! This is hard. This is a toughie. Man. I might be throwing it in. This guy is not coming to me. I mean, I would ask for a position, but that feels like a little bit much. I may have to throw in the towel. I'm not going to be happy about it. But there comes a point, Logan, you know this, where your mind just stops going. And you just need to reach out and say, hey, brother, could you lend me a hand? And I believe we have reached that point, but I guarantee you that I'll be upset when I hear whoever it was. I was going to say, my hint was going to be that his name rhymed with with rat. Matt. (laughs) Whoa. But it's not Fat Lever? It's Calvin Nat. Wow. (laughs) No kidding. Calvin Nat. I think of Calvin Nat as a net. But that's really interesting. So what year was that? 85. How many other years did he play for the Nuggets? Like, I think like five or six. Wasn't a whole lot. It was four or five. 
Wow. I'm honestly not that upset, actually, that I didn't get that. I mean, of course, I'm familiar with Calvin Nat, but I guess I just don't think of him as a signature nugget in the same way. Okay. Good question. Logan, who has the record for the most consecutive seasons leading the NFL in passer rating? Great question. I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. Nay. Russell Wilson. Nay. Johnny Unitas. Nay. Peyton Manning. Nay. Thomas Brady. Nay. Wow. Steve Young. Steve Young. Four straight years from 91 to 94. Really the pinnacle of efficiency at the quarterback position in that era. And uh, there you have it. Should have got that off rip, dude. We were just talking about Steve Young in the studio the other day. Just kind of one of those obvious guys. I just thought Rodgers or Wilson, but just so many more guys are just so much more efficient on that level, and Steve was just different in that era. Great question, though. I've got one very similar to, what, to like what I just asked. Patrick Ewing scored 20 points per game for the first 13 seasons of his career. Who's the only player to average 20 points per game alongside him? Bernard King. And that's that. 87, BK does it alongside him. Starks came super close a bunch, I think three seasons with 19 a night. But BK, the only guy to do it. Very nice. That's really interesting. A little bit of contrast there. Yeah, man. I mean, he didn't play with a whole lot of great scores. I mean, Sprewell would have done it later, but I guess Patrick Ewing didn't average 20 a game, maybe. Okay. Very interesting. All right, Logan. This is an obscure one. But you know what? That's what we do here. Derek Anderson spent 13 years as a below-average NFL quarterback. Where did he end his career? I love this question, bruh. I could probably tell you everywhere Derek Anderson went. He started in Cleveland, that's for sure. Was, I think, a pro bowler very early on. He played in Arizona and Carolina. Those are two other destinations that Derek Anderson was in. It's just a matter of where did he finish. I, I'm i also kind of creeping deep. There's also three other teams, phantom teams, that are popping into my brain that I don't know if he played for, but I could definitely see him playing for, like the Bills, Titans, and Falcons. I don't know why. I can all, I just He just kind of looks like one of those guys. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Carolina, though, because the last time I remember him playing was backing up Cam Newton. So that's a phenomenal guess. It's a very rational guess because he spent his, well, not his last seven years, but seven of his last eight years in Carolina. And you mentioned the places where he started his career, Cleveland, and then a year in Arizona. Remarkably, I have to tell you that one of the teams that you said you could picture him in is actually where he ended his career, which is pretty crazy. Is it Atlanta? No. Buffalo. It's Buffalo. I wish you had gotten it on the first guess out of that. But yeah, he started two games for the Buffalo Bills and really was outstanding. 465 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. This was in 2018. This was in Josh Allen's first year as a starter and completely forgettable and frankly awful play. But Derek Anderson, man, ended his career as a Buffalo Bill. Very well done, Logan. Thank you. I know for some of you, that I, I don't know, that may seem like an accomplishment. I'm mad at myself. Yes, I named everywhere that DC or DA played, but 
want to get that on the first try. Let's not make him DA. I don't think he's really nickname worthy. He's just he's just Derek Anderson. I thought that guy was going to be the the that guy though, bro. He was special early on. Now from can we chill out with the Derek Anderson love? Dude, okay. When I was a kid, you want some con? Fine, bro. I had this man's off the set. He said he's not handling the Derek Anderson praise. Fine. You know what? I had Urine Sports 2006, right? Tremendous book. I believe Tom Brady was on the cover. And you know what? They hyped up that man Derek Anderson to no end as a future star in the NFL because of what he did early on with the Browns. You were fooled by propaganda as a young boy. <laughs> yes, I was. As a matter of fact, I didn't ever really get up to that again. Great question, though. I love an obscure QB question. These guys not so obscure. Magic Johnson and LBJ hold the record for most turnovers per game in a single finals. Can you tell me the three players that round out the top five with the most turnovers per game in a single NBA finals? Well, I can sure try, and isn't that the most important thing? Most important thing is that we always have fun. And that we leave with a smile on our faces. I'm going to guess Steph Curry. Interesting guess. I'm going to look up now to see where he is on this list. He is not in the top five. All right. Other high-volume turnover guys. I always think about Jason Kidd, and I am going to guess him. Not Jay Kidd. Okay. Michael Jordan. It's another good guess. Let me give some context to these guys. I'll let you think. He is not in the top 10 either here. Steph in 2015 is, I believe, at the 10 spot. Um, MJ really far down. This. There's not an MJ Finals in the top 25. Yeah. Yeah, get some. You LeBron truthers. Gabe Swartz, I'm talking to you. Um Who's your other guest? You guessed MJ, Steph. Jason Kidd. Jay Kidd, I don't believe, is in the top 25 either. So, interesting guesses. Steph has a few finals up here. It's never great when Logan describes one of my guesses as interesting. Because that means it's not very good. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm just trying to think about other dudes who had massive offensive burdens. Kobe? Kobe is also, this is really surprising me, also not in the top 25. This is not good. I'm not off to a good start here. Okay. So uh, everything pre-1973 is not possible here because turnovers were not tracked. Now, ever since then, I mean, the first thing to think about is who's been there a lot, who's got the major ball handling, and overall offensive load responsibilities. Larry Bird? Another good guess. It is not Larry. This is all, I will say, you mark an era, I will say this is all post-1988. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So, all the Jordan years, all the people who he slayed, uh, reasonable foes who could have been up there as far as turnover numbers... Gary Payton. I don't think John Stockton would be there. He was so good at limiting turnovers throughout his career. Who else could reasonably be up there? I mean, it may still be Stockton. It's possible. Gary Payton from the first few, uh, probably not anybody that I can think of, like Clyde or Chuck. Uh, 
Chuck may be up there. I'm going to guess Gary Payton. Payton is not up here. Dude, I'm telling you, there's some weird characters up here. These three at the that are behind MJ and uh, MJ, Magic and LeBron, they're all pretty big, high-profile names. A lot of weird names on this list, though, like Terry Porter, Andrew Tony, Rip Hamilton, Steven Jackson. Carl Malone. Not in the top 25. Bro. Like, look, I can go all day because I... I'm aware of everybody who it could conceivably be, but this is really bad. This is a really bad start to this question. Okay, more recent years. I mean, post 2010. Russell Westbrook. Not Russ. You were thinking the 2012 finals. Yes, I was thinking of the finals that he has been to. For a second there, I was like, man, Russ hadn't been to a finals. What is this guy talking about? No, he has, but he's not in the top 25 either, surprisingly. Boy. I mean, since then, I really can't think of many people like Kyrie, D-Wade, Kawhi. Is it D-Wade? Is it Kawhi? Is it Kyrie? It's a man very close to your heart, Carson. Tim Duncan? Not Timmy D. Draymond? Draymond Green. Yeah, 2019, average five a night. Brutal. Yeah, I don't believe that, and I'd like to have our fact check our fact checking team check that, please. All right, dude. This has really uh, been a slog of a performance, but I guess I'll try to get the last couple. Anybody on a Celtics team? Eh, probably not. Both in the nineties, I'll give you that. Okay, so come on, dude. Penny Hardaway? Really good guess. About damn time I had a decent guess. Are you gesturing to me? Shaq? Shaq in 95, 5.3. Waka shaka, hey, I did not see that coming. Wowzers. Shaq, Mr. Kazam. Come on, buddy, you're a little better than that. All right, one more 90s character. I mean... Is it somebody who I've mentioned? I don't think you've said this guy yet. Is it from the 99 finals? Is it a Nick? Is it Latrell Sprewell? <laughs> I love that guess. It is not Latrell. Waka shaka. Hey, man. Wow. You're kidding me. Okay. Well, it's obviously not magic because we already talked about that. I haven't mentioned him, so it's not Clyde. Uh, is it Sean Kemp? Not Sean Kemp. You're thinking on the wrong end of the spectrum here. Is it Scotty Pippen? Not Scotty. What are those mouth fave? What are you doing, bro? I'm trying to think about who else had the ball in their hands enough. Horace Grant? Bro, what? Who is the third bull who's handling the ball enough? Paxson? Why do you think it's a bull? Well, I don't know, because you said you're on the right side, and then you said, not Scotty. Okay, is it is it a rocket then? Akeem? When I said on the wrong end of the spectrum, I meant years-wise, right? But this is within the 90s. Yeah, yeah uh, it is. I don't even remember who my guess was when you said I was on the wrong side. You were on, like, 99. Okay. So, let's think... Blazers, no. Suns, is it Kevin Johnson? 
Great guess. He's actually in the top 25, but it's not KJ. I have listed every team who the Bulls beat, unless it's another Laker. Is it Byron Scott? Is it James Worthy? This is a terrible showing. It's Isaiah Thomas. No kidding. <laughs> huh. Well, you know, it's a funny saying, Logan. The 89-90 season was in the 90s as well. That's the old saying. My father told me that every night before I went to bed. Yeah, that's pretty bad, man. It's pretty bad. I was so focused on Jordan. And uh, that's really inexcusable. All right. You live and you learn. My question for you, Logan. Who has the better career winning percentage as a starter? Mitch Trubisky or Matt Ryan? How is this a... Bro, I really hope it's not the Nickelodeon's most valuable player, Mitch Trubisky, bro. Which also, they've really, de- you know, saturated that award by giving it to somebody every week. That was supposed to be Mitch's, you know, special special honor of his career. He's not a Hall of Famer, never going to win MVP, but you, you weren't supposed to ever take that from him. That, that award has greatly decreased in value since that game. I pray to God it's Matt Ryan. God has not answered your prayer. It's Mitch Trubisky. And it's really not even that much of a Matt Ryan thing. Mitch Trubisky has won 58% of his games as a starter. He's 29 and 21. Matt Ryan, 118 and 98, 54.5%. Yeah, baby. Shout out to the MVP. And one of the best backups in football. And most handsome. <laughs> the best backup at all. Also, probably, I don't know. I'm trying to think. He's he's probably most handsome backup in football, too. You seen Colt McCoy lately? Is he a... Yeah. Is is he... Who's he playing for? Is he still in Washington? Colt McCoy started the last three games for the Cardinals. What am I talking about? And he's an odd-looking duck. I was having PTSD from a couple years back when he was in D.C. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, You go between... uh, I don't know. I was going to say two legends. No, not two legends, but I got two legends here for you. Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade battled in two NBA Finals and a lot during their careers. At the end of the day, though, who won the head-to-head battle between these two? Great question. I mean, I really enjoy this. Now, I'm thinking Dirk, because one of the most underrated things about Dirk's career is how consistently good the Mavs were, man. I mean... You look at the early 2000s teams with Nash, and they're winning 60-plus games. You go mid-2000s, when he doesn't even have a second legitimate consistent all-star on his team with Josh Howard and Jason Terry and the boys, and they're winning into the 60s. Obviously, in 07, they win 67. 06, they make the finals. And then, obviously, the finals team, they won 58. Like, they were so great for that decade. But here's the thing. I mean, these teams are only playing twice a year, but I just have to lean on the better team. And the Mavs were more consistently a very good team. Now, into Dirk's later years, maybe gets a little dicier, but I'm going to go with the Mavs. Oh, for two on these questions. I'm sorry, Carson. It is Dwayne Wade, 17 and 16. Unlike Dirk, Dwayne had somebody to lean on. Had that old man LeBron helping him out on those later years in Miami. Really close, though. I believe 17 and 16 all time between these two. Really dicey. They split the playoffs 6 and 6. And in the regular season, 
D-Wade gets him by one game. So that is the distinction. Really good logic there. I, I can't argue with that. I mean, it's the logical answer, but it is Dwayne Wade. This is a problem. I feel like I've had the logical answer for both of these, but then it's like you have a 30-game sample size and it's decided by one. <laughs> it's like, ah, shucks, you got the wrong one. Head-to-head questions, they're tough, but you know what? I got a 50-50 chance, so theoretically, if you do two next episode, I'll go two for two. All right, Logan. Says the NFL-AFL merger, who is the only player with six touchdowns from scrimmage in a single game? Kamara? Baboom. Last season. Mr. Alvin Kamara. I want to make an official announcement. I'm pronouncing his name Kamara forever going forward. Historically, I've gone back and forth between Kamara and Kamara. And I'm sticking with Kamara. And I hope you guys can all support me. Yeah, I thought you would probably remember that. But you know what? Sometimes you need a morale boost. That's still a good pull. No, for sure. And hey, look. Taysom Hill may have beef with, you know, Sean Payton because he's doing uh, nefarious things. I'll tell you what, I still have beef with Sean Payton because he didn't didn't give Kamara that 7th TD. You robbed us. What was it like? It was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. It was was a holiday. I was with my family. You robbed the fans of that, man. We deserve to see number seven. Something also very recent, though, is my question, Carson, and that's this season. Who leads the NBA in free throws made this year? All right. Like this question. Like this question. I mean, this really shouldn't be that tough. Is it DeMar DeRozan? Oh, baby. Right off the bat. I thought you might go Giannis or KD, a little bit of Jimmy, a little bit of Harden. DeMar DeRozan off the bat. Yeah, it's really big discrepancy, too. He's beating Giannis by 14. He's got 143 made already. I don't know, man. I expected you to struggle with that one a little bit. Smooth. Laka shaka hey! All right. That's a good one to get off the bat. I like that. All right, Logan. Who has the record for the most pass attempts in a regulation game in NFL history? What is that, bro? Is that like a button you hit? Laka shaka hey! That is my new celebration. Everybody needs a catchphrase, right? You know, everybody has their catchphrase. Like... Charlie Sheen used to say, oh, yeah, you're that guy. That's kind of what I'm doing with Waka Shaka Hey. I'm going to be honest. I watched Two and a Half Men for a long time. I don't really remember that one. You ever watch Platoon, though? Classic. Yeah, well, he says it a lot in that movie. 10-4. My catchphrase is just me going, damn, you know? Um, I guess you're right. Most pass attempts you said in a single game? Drew Bledsoe. Wow. No, but but he has the record for the most pass attempts in a game period with 70, but that game had overtime. Whack! I got this question right on the first guess, bruh. I mean, yeah, but let's see if you can get the other question right. So four quarters. My time to shine, baby. It's Ben Roethlisberger, isn't it? No, it's not, but he's definitely got some up there. Think. I thought Drew was going to hit just because I really remember that game distinctly. I believe it was him and Marino, right? Is that no, was it? I, I think it was him and Marino who went to OT in that game. Great shootout all time. Um, Probably the year was '94, so that would make sense. Okay, regulation. All right, let me uh, get a barometer, uh, a sense of a measurement here. Is it pre or post 2000? It was in the year 2000. Ooh. Damn, this is, this makes this kind of tough. 
because this is right before I started watching. Right before I was born. Yeah, I was going to say, Logan, you hadn't been born yet. I, mean, I started watching like 04. <laughs> so, I mean, this is this is close. Like, I feel like I can still get this question. It's tough, though. Let's throw a weird one out there. Let's go uh, Tommy Maddox. No. QBs in the year 2000. Come on, Logan. I feel like Peyton had some shootouts here early on. We're going to go Peyton. No. Vinny. Wow. What a performance on that question. That was your third guess, right? Well, fourth, because you guessed Ben, but wow. That's really impressive, Logan. You got the most attempts in a single-game period first try, and then you got most attempts in regulation pretty early on. Vinny Testaverde attempted 69 passes on Christmas Eve 2000. Would have paid a whole lot of money to see that game. Yeah, go ahead. Look up his stats. I'll entertain the people until then. Vinny Testaverde, ladies and gentlemen. Nerd Sush favorite. I think it's been a couple episodes of trivia time since I got into Vinny questions. So wanted to make sure that we got that out there for the people. Oh my God, dude. He led the he led the NFL in picks, in pass attempts, and fourth quarter comebacks. Like that's a that's a classic Vinny season, man. I got a Al Groh leading this team out. Do you remember who who they were against? By chance. No, I was about to look that up. I got. I'm gonna go to game logs real quick. I've got to explore what what happened in this in this game. This is monumental attempts. Last game of the season. Well, I was about to read it out. Yeah, 36 to 69, 481 yards, two touchdowns, three picks against the Baltimore Ravens in a loss. Man, you know, I mean, I think they had to kind of go all out in that game for the playoffs. Not a good sign when you're giving the ball to Vinny 60, nearly 70 times in regulation. Yikes. On to, on to some pretty more prominent players uh, in the scope of NBA history. This is my final question for the day. I hope Carson has come up with an emergency cue. Um, who has scored more points per game in a single season? Carmelo Anthony or Jason Tatum? Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, this one was pretty easy just because of Melo's standout 2013 campaign. But I do think it's a conversation worth having. Like, I know I've heard people throw that out there. Like, and I think that I want to preface this before I go into my Tatum spiel here that I think Tatum can be a whole lot better than Melo because I think it's going to take him time and he can develop those playmaking instincts. But, like, do you see what I'm getting at? Like, there's a lot of Melo and Jason, right? So, last year I made a video about Jason Tatum and outlined how he could be sort of an all time kind of scoring wing with some playmaking, some defensive value. And what I said was, if he doesn't refine some elements of his game, if he doesn't make things easier because he's never going to be that super explosive athlete, if he doesn't find a way to create more efficient opportunities to get to the line more, to get downhill, to stop taking the tough shot when he doesn't need to, he will be mellow. That's what I said. And, uh, yeah, I see a world in which that happens. I mean, it's been a brutal year from him. Brutal. He leads the league in field goal attempts, and he's shooting like sub-40% from the field. So I do see where you're coming from. Can I just throw out the exact number for Melo? Was it 28.7? Correct. Right on the dot. You want to try Jason? Jason would be 26.4. You're a robot, man. See, do you guys believe me about the Chad Pennington number now? Right? I mean, this is kind of what I do. You look at... Page is enough, and it sticks in the old noggin. All right. Logan, by a miracle, 
I wrote down 16 questions for you. So I don't actually need to come up with a additional one on the fly. Logan, who was the youngest player in NFL history to reach 4,000 yards passing? This is interesting. Because it's youngest, it's not quickest to a milestone. So we got to think about guys that were really young and got an opportunity early. That being said, like, I still low-key want to guess. I kind of want to guess Dan Marino. It is not Dan Marino. Who was just super young when they came into the league, had burn immediately. Alex Smith? No. It's 4K, right? Um, Big Ben. No. I'm going to guess Big Ben for every QB question. I don't care what it is. Russ? No. Did he do it in his rookie season? Let me check. I think he must have, but I'll confirm. Yeah, I mean, that's the... That's the logic behind it. Guys who had burn immediately, like Cam had burn immediately, but there's a lot of rushing yards there. He did in the last game of his rookie season. Jake Plummer? No. This is tough. Last game of his rookie season. Was he a first-round QB? Yes. a very dignified beard stroke right there. It's a great thing to have in the arsenal. <laughs> beard stroke. Yeah, like eyebrow stroke. I mean, what is this, bro? It's not a beard. It's a little weird. You use the back of the hand too, which I couldn't help but notice. Really the goal is to have wispy hair coming from the chin and you pull and you pull. I mean, for trivia time, what could be better? Right? Isn't that the dream? <laughs> oh, man, I need to shave. Oh, okay. I need a, I'm just going to be throwing QBs all day. Pre or post 2000? Post. All right, let's do this thing. I got to get this question, bro. Because this is not, we got two, we got another QB question after this. We got to keep the, we got to get the momentum started right here. First round QB since 2000, Blake Bortles. Nah. Blaine Gabbert. Dude, chill out with the Jags. Christian Ponder. No. Why did I think Christian Ponder threw for 4K in this rookie year? Great guess. Okay, I need guys who are prolific off rip. Jay Cutler. No. Uh, Geno Smith. No. Mark Sanchez? No. Stafford only played three games in his rookie in his rookie year. This is tough. First round QB, though. I know that. Like, I should use that to my advantage here. That, that should narrow this down significantly. QB draft classes. 01, Vic, Breeze. Vic. No. Oh, t- uh, Carson Palmer. No. Eli, Phil, Ben. None of those. No. Eli didn't play because of Kurt Warner. Phillip didn't play because of, or maybe he did his rookie year because of Breeze. All right. 
I'm going to go up to like 2010 because I've named everybody post-2010 that uh, it could be. So 05 was Mart, was that the Martin? No, it was Alex Smith, Rogers. Not going to be Jason Campbell. Not going to be none of them. 06. The hell was in 06, bro? 07 was Russell. So Vince Young? No. Matt Leinert? No. I surrender. Really? This guy was a first overall pick. Dude, it's not Jared Goff again, is it? No. Jared Goff only started seven games his rookie year. It's a first overall pick. I should get this by a... Who am I missing, bro? It's not Stafford. It's... Bro! Is it Sam Bradford? No. I think I have a screw loose. It's Andrew Luck, right? No. Bro! How? Is it Kyler? No. Bro, what is wrong with me? Jameis? Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, ladies and gentlemen. Do not neglect the historic impact he has had on the sport of football. It is Jameis Logan. And Andrew Luck is a very good guess. He actually has the most pass attempts for a rookie season and was certainly prolific. But Jameis, at just 21 and 363 days, January 3rd, 2016, made history. That was rough. That was really rough. And a lot of those guesses I was throwing out there were not logical guesses. Uh, that one took it out of me, bro. I hope I got enough juice to get this last one. This is a... Uh, I'm not going to lie, bro. This is one of the tougher the tougher player questions I've asked. So I, I wish you luck here. Who was the starting point guard for the 2014 New Orleans Pelicans? Carson with the beard stroke. I will give some context. It is not Drew Holiday. He was the de facto starting point guard. Stress fracture in his, uh, I believe, his right leg that season. Ends his season. This guy steps in and starts the majority of games at PG for the Pelicans. 2014. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Think, Carson. Find it within yourself. Think about Hornets players, because they were still the Hornets this year? They were the Pelicans. First year. First year of the Pels. Okay. Well, I'm thinking of Dante Cunningham which is not very helpful, <laughs> but I think he was on either this Pelicans team or a Pelicans team in this era. So who are the candidates? Uh, Rondo's Pelicans year was after this. Right? Had to have been. Man, dude, this team just sucked. <laughs> Greg Steamsma is on this roster. Wow. I'm trying to think. Eric Gordon would have been here. Who was setting the table for the fellas? Who was really making sure everybody ate? Setting the table at a whopping 3.3 assists per game. 
this is going to be rough, dude. I'm not going to enjoy this. Ironically enough, I believe this guy also played for the Hornets. Keon Dueling. I love that. It's not Keon Dueling, though. It's actually, it's actually Razai Dowling, safety, Detroit Lions. It's actually Ross Al Ghul, villain, Batman. Hmm. <laughs> this is not going well. I always think of Andre Miller when I think of a starter for any team from the year 2005 to 2015 at the point guard position. I don't think he ever played for the Pelicans. Dude, I'm thinking of like Earl Boykins, <laughs> which I know can't be right. Uh, who else? Grievous Vasquez? Is it Grievous Vasquez? I really love that guess because he was on this team, I believe, the next season, not on this one. But think about it, man. This guy played for the Pels and the Hornets, bro. Didn't Cruz Vasquez play for the Hornets too? Yes, he did. That's why I like that guess. Played for the Pels and the Hornets. Mm. This dude is literally from Toledo, Ohio. He went to Dayton. Of course, and he's from Toledo, bro. It's mandatory that you get this. Wow. Imagine being from Toledo, man. Shout out to all of our fans from Toledo. If we have any fans from Toledo, please let us know. That'd be pretty cool. This guy actually led the NBA in free throw percentage one year. Did not know that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, interesting. Leading the league in free throw percentage is kind of a big deal, and it gives me a better chance. When I think of... Uh, middling point guards who did that. I always think of Jose Calderon, who is, of course, the single-season record holder. It's not going to be him. God, dude, I'm just thinking of dudes who were on these Pelicans teams, and they weren't much good. I don't know how much longer I want to go with this question because I don't feel like I have any great guesses formulating in my mind. Plead for the Hornets, too. I mean, that is a useful hint. But if you sucked for the Hornets, too, well, it's only going to do so much. Yeah, I'm close to giving up. I mean, I just don't like what's coming to me right now. I don't like it one bit. I think I'm going to throw in the towel. I don't want prolonged suffering. I mean, this dude averaged 3.3 assists per game. Of course I'll know who it is, but who is it? It's tough. Brian Roberts. You remember him? Bro, I would not have gotten Brian Roberts. Are you for real? From Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> wow. I mean, do you remember him? Like, kind of. <laughs> and, bro, if I don't remember you clearly from the NBA at any point in my lifetime... That is saying a lot, dude. He played five years and he sucked for all of them. All right? Not Toledo's finest. Let's get his career high in points per game. Go ahead and scroll on over. He scored 9.4 a game one year. That was a real outlier. That year where he started. <laughs> yeah, well, he sucked. Wow. That's crazy, dude. I mean, he was playing five years ago. And I have very few Brian Roberts memories, I have to say. What a bum. <laughs> Brian Roberts bum status Damn dude I thought that was my job I'm just pissed dude that was a tough question I would not have gotten Brian Roberts I, I probably could have gone a while Okay 
Oh, hey, you can't win them all. I mean, I had some good moments in this episode. I had some bad ones. Logan, here's your big chance, and you're probably going to crush this, but it's an absurdly hard question for a lot of normal Americans. <laughs> Who was the starting quarterback for the 2008 Vikings? Did you just ask me a John David Booty question? No, I didn't. Did you just ask me a Tarverus Jackson question? No, I didn't do that either. Did you just ask me a Sage Rosenfels question? No. Is it seriously none of these three guys? It is not. Oh, brother. We might be in trouble. Is it Sean Hill? No. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's the only three Vikings QBs I know from this era. Is this a sneaky Brooks Bollinger question? No. Dude, I, I, uh, we might be too far in the weeds here. Seneca Wallace? No. I thought you were going to take your hat off out of respect for a moment there. I wouldn't dare. You guys do not want to see the rat's nest that's under here, man. Wow, dude. I don't know. I am... I'm struggling to come up with names. All I can think about is Donovan McNabb wearing a, a Vikings uniform right now. You love this guy. I mean, you've guessed this guy for many a question. Many a post-2005 quarterback bonus question. I have to get this now. It's my moral responsibility. Is it, um, is it Gus Farratt? It's Gus Farratt, Logan. It is Gus Farratt. He was 8-3 this year. 8-3 is the starter for the Minnesota Vikings. Stats not so pretty under 2,200 yards, 12 touchdowns to 15 picks. But an 8-3 record as a starter for a 10-6 Vikings team. The next year, Tarverse Jackson was the starter. He may have been the starter this year, but just got hurt? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He wasn't the starter the next year. He was the starter the previous year. And... Uh, this was the Gus Farad era. Dude, thank you, bro. I would not have gotten that had you not said. You saying that I've guessed this guy a lot triggered a a deep, like, uh, who's that other guy for the Rams? Sean Hill? No, 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 no. Um, Mark Bolger. When I think of Mark Bolger, I always think of Gus Farad. And so, I don't know, you saying that made me think of Mark because uh, I believe Gus backed up Mark in St. Louis either the year previous or the year after this. So yeah, through a chain of events in my brain, thank you, sir. That was that was helpful. I would I would have been kicking myself had I not guessed Gus Farratt. How old was he? And was he like thirty seven? Like he had to be ancient by this time. Seventy six. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm just trying to pull up his actual age. Yeah, thirty seven. Fun fact about Gus Farratt: either it was either him or Heath Schuler back early in their playing days. I believe that either Gus Farratt got his first start or Heath Schuler got his first start because the other Carson, get this, during a celebration, concussed themselves and almost broke their freaking neck running in to, like, the wall behind the end zone. Celebrating a TD just ended up, like, headbutting and, like, giving themselves a concussion. Uh, I believe it was Heath Schuler who did that, giving, giving Gus the starting job forever. I love a good Heath Slater fact. <laughs> Heath Slater's a wrestler, for those of you who don't know. Almost broke his freaking neck, huh? I said he's Schuler, right? 
No, you did. <laughs> I just decided to say the name of somebody who's similar. You do that all the time. It's a Logan Camden classic. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this was fun. Oh, I got it backwards. It was Gus who injured himself, giving the job to Heath Schuler. Silly Gus. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this was loads of fun as always. I actually did not wear the dunce cap today, which I guess is a violation of the rules, but you know what? We'll bring it back. And now we're watching a video of Gus Farratt just aggressively banging his head. That's pretty fun. All right. Well, as always, this was a blast. Hope you guys enjoyed us being our nerdy selves and shared our passion of NBA and NFL history today with us. Like we said, we will be talking NBA on Wednesday and we have a lot to get into and we'll be back to our normal content schedule and very excited to do that. So hope you guys enjoyed the week off from us, but hope you are even more excited to have us back. If you are and if you enjoyed this episode, the good news is we have so much more Nerd Sesh content like it. You can find it on our YouTube channel here where we live stream a couple shows a week talking NBA and sports history trivia like this. We also do an audio-only show on Fridays about the NFL. That's what we have been doing up to this point. You can find all of that, including our live YouTube shows, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your audio content. You can follow us on social media. Twitter is at nerd underscore sesh, and Instagram is at nerd sesh. TikTok is at nerd sesh as well. And you can also visit our website, nerdsesh.com, where we have all of our content, video, podcast, it's all there. So go ahead and check that out. And with that, as always, I've been Carson Brabber. I am Logan Camden. And this was Nerd Sesh. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.